Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, this is Denise Michaels, and I am talking with Ray of Pull the Trigger Enterprises. And uh, today is Friday, March 20th, 2015. Um, and Ray, sounds like you're in a good mood. It's been a, uh, actually the last couple of weeks have been really good. And yeah. uh, this week we heavy, have everything wrapped up on that project I was involved in. The one in Virginia? And, uh, uh, this is actually the one in Florida. Oh my gosh, that's the really big one. Yeah, so we should, uh, we're anticipating closing next Wednesday. Wow. Wow, good for you. You did it, huh? Did you did you find an investor for a piece of it or for the whole thing or? Well, we have um, the way it's working. That we have a partner. Uh, we signed a contract for twenty five hundred properties, and part of the funders' request is we had to sell twelve hundred at the same time. Wow! So um, we had no buyers out there. So just for conversations here, we're we're buying it for twenty five thousand. We got a buyer to pay us sixty thousand a piece for twelve hundred of them. Wow. So the kind of the net net of it is we're gonna have thirteen hundred properties free and clear. Wow. Good for you. So if you have them free and clear, you can sell them off one at a time or you can whatever. Yeah, our our main goal right now is uh, to um Rent them. Okay. Uh, some are going to be rented already. Some are not. Uh, we'll get them cleaned up and uh, I'll rent them out. Okay. And, uh, All right. They go in the two or three years, up to five years. We'll probably own about 5,000 properties like that. Cool. So was it the um, heart surgeon that got in on the deal? No. Nope. He didn't? No. Nope. I, I don't know why, but for some reason I had a feeling he wasn't going to do that. He is just, uh, it's just. Gun shy? Uh, yeah, gun shy. He, he, yeah, he doesn't pull the trigger. That's uh, probably the. Right. <laughs> right. Simplest way of doing it. Uh, he, I met with a woman, him is one of his neighbors who's a commercial developer, and he's not sure. He's just not sure. And even his, even his friend Peter goes, he goes, if we're going to trust somebody on the street, trust this guy. That's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And I know he's really busy. He was saying that he had 20 patients that needed operations that were being backed up, and he's trying to get to them all. He says he's losing some because he can't uh, get them all satisfied. Right, right. Um, well, I mean, I, that's, that's, I guess, how he views himself as heart surgeon rather than real estate investor. Yeah. That's right. You know? And every, every job that you think is glorified or it's like this is what you do and so much money you're making, it's like everything else. It gets overwhelming if you, if you can't handle it all. Mm-hmm. 
Any um, cool things going on with your students? Well, uh, I, I talked to Bonnie. She had um, she had won a bid on HubZoo, and she called she me on on HubZoo, H-U-B-Z-U. Mm. It's a it's an auction website. And she calls up auction sites that won this bid, and she goes, "I I got to wait for the next step." And the same the other side of it, she was also going to offer a house that she, um, the other realtor is telling her realtor that they also want that bid too. Hmm. Yeah. So she's really excited. And she goes, you told me this was going to happen. I go, I says, first, let's get it wrapped up and then we'll talk more. Well, right. the Humzu came back and said, well, we did get a reserve number and we're looking for the highest and best offer started at 88000 and she passed. You know, it's, I don't think it's worth that much, and I'll let it go. I said, the huh. best decision. Don't get tied to a number. Don't get tied to the property. Get tied to a number. Right, right, right. And I think she's supposed to find out this this weekend yet if she got the uh, the ones that was listed wrapped up. So she'll get that one going. Mm-hmm. That's good. She mm-hmm. said, well, about, been about six months. She's excited. And I said, if you want to do more, I said, let me know. I said, I'll get you the money. Right. Right. But that's really interesting with the heart surgeon. It's like, no, i got too many surgeries to do. I have to dive back into what I do, you know, rather than pull the trigger. It's it's interesting. I was talking with a client on Monday, and um, and he said, yeah, he said, I think there have been too many times where I left my powder dry. You know, and I said, you need to pull the trigger. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. anyway, so I was looking, I'm sorry, did you want to say something? No, go ahead. I'm fine. Okay. Well, I was looking over the outline, and it's funny because as we're talking about your heart surgeon, who probably is a millionaire, right? Yep. You Absolutely. know, right? It's like, but he doesn't have a millionaire mindset. He has a worker mindset. Even if the work is not digging ditches, it's doing heart surgery, right? Right. You know? So I was thinking, um, how would you feel uh, about talking about the millionaire mindset chapter today? Yeah, that's actually perfect. So the other chapters are talking about job independence, talks about financing, talks about how to acquire in this chapter what makes a millionaire different in the way they think versus right uh, exactly exactly so i sent you the i sent you the chapter on the sort of like seller buyer investor profiles okay Mm -hmm. all right have you had a chance to look at it or not i read uh, about three quarters of it i set it down that was uh yesterday actually so i I gotta finish that one up Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So, yeah. So, let's talk about millionaire mindset. What sets millionaires apart and how can people acquire that mindset? And that, that that's a good question. Um, I think that the separation is uh, a lot of decisions are made with non-emotions. Now, are they excited or passionate about what they do and how they go about it? Yes. But when it comes to decision making, uh, they're very quick at running through the information. So they're very decisive. Yep, 
and they make a decision. Mm-hmm. And they follow through on what they committed to, uh, whether even if something pops up, they'll take that challenge on to get it clarified. Mm-hmm. But they'll, 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 they'll complete it. And I think the difference of, I'll take like um, Tony, he sees it, his buddy's telling him it's good, I'm showing him where it's good, and his thought is, well, what if? And as soon as somebody says, what if, to me, that's where I want to run. Right. Now, Tony is and, the heart surgeon? Yes. Okay. And there is no perfect panacea out there. The millionaire mindset knows that. They know nothing's perfect, and that's why you're coming to them, or that's why they're making decisions on the things they're making on, because it's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And yes, are there what ifs? Yes. you got to mitigate your, your risk, and the way to do that is just working from knowledge. Did you get so, any um, clear indication from him of, like, what is he uncomfortable about? He's, he's uncomfortable of not wanting to lose money. But yet, he has worked with people where he lost a lot of money. He is working with an equity group right now where he's not making any money and they're cutting into his principal. And I'm looking at this deal here. I said, the other guy's name is Peter. I go, Peter Tony. I said, here's the thing. I don't care where you buy a piece of property. If you're going to pay 25 grand for it, and I had pictures of properties that we took pictures of, I said, where are you going to go if I just got a house for 25 grand? He goes, well, right. what if it needs $100,000 worth of work there? I said, it doesn't. I said, we've seen some of these properties. Uh-huh. Right. It doesn't. I said, well, you should clean up, maybe 30? Yes. Now you got 55 into it, and you're still running out for eleven, twelve hundred dollars $1,200 a month. Right, and, and they're all rented, said, right? Yeah. They're all rented. Yeah. And, and the reality is, if you sold for a hundred, you're still making money, and that's below market. Mm-hmm. And the population in that area is growing eleven percent a year. Right. And I, so I'm like, I said, I'm not quite sure. I said, even if you paid retail for it, you, you hung on to it, and you kept it as an investment, you rented it out for the next five years, you're not going to lose on it. So what you're saying is, really, is that even if you have a high income, like he does, it doesn't necessarily mean you have a millionaire mindset. Correct. Right? He's got more, he's got more for your loss than he does of gain. Right. But that's a real challenge. And how do you get somebody over that? So he is thinking like some of my other students that maybe have fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars to work with and they're overanalyzing to talk the stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did when he brought Peter in. Now Peter gets it. He goes, Yeah. He goes, what else you got? So I sent some commercial property to him, uh, so I gotta work with him on that. But yeah, Tony, I don't, I don't think Tony would do anything. He wants to. He thinks that he needs to. And I think Part of his reasoning is that at some point in time, he doesn't want to be a heart surgeon anymore. He what? I don't think he wants to be a heart surgeon anymore at some point in time in the future. Right. He wants passive income. Right. And Well, I how, old is, how old is he? How long has he been doing heart surgery? 
I want to say uh, Tony's probably 50. Okay, so he's probably been doing it for 20 to 25 years. Yeah. Right. That's a, a lot time. of surgery. A lot of stress. Mm-hmm. And um, so when, when he looks at that, you can tell that he needs to make a certain lifestyle, and he believes instinctively real estate's it but he doesn't trust the system of himself to make the right decisions. And didn't that's why he was hiring me to do that for him. Right. Didn't you tell him, I want you to be in my program so you can learn, but he was like, well, okay, but I'm not going to pay for it. Well, he said he was, he was okay with it. He wasn't going to participate because he didn't have the time. Right. So he's willing to pay me. But to guide him through all the documents, the systems, and that, because I said, my time is not free, I cannot just bring you a deal, and I always have you say no. Right. Right. Well, I thought it was really smart that you wanted him in it, so then he becomes a more educated buyer. Yes. You know? Right? Yes. I mean, you don't have to, like, go back to second grade every time you have a conversation with him if he's learning this stuff. So. And give back that millionaire mindset is to change his paradigm of thinking into opportunities. So like, you want passive income? Give me a million and a half dollars. I'll put you in Virginia. It's pure passive. You don't have to go. You don't have to go out there. Other than to go kick the building if you want to to make sure it's still real. That's right. pure pure passive. Right. I said put a camera on it and you can take a look at. It, uh, you know, once a month. Right. What time frame yeah. are you looking at in terms of turning around? Well, you're looking at renting them, so if you're doing buy and hold with them, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, and that's where I think the difference also with the people think they have money and the people that don't have money is uh, I call it risk tolerance. Yeah, that's what—that's a good terminology for it. Yeah, uh, folks that have fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars—I'm not uh, belittling that kind of money. It took a long time to save it, and that's part of the uh, challenge. You don't want to lose it, so by not wanting to lose it or understanding you may lose it, you will not invest. Where a, a millionaire or somebody has built their wealth up, knows that everything on certain scales, certain levels, are going to be a risk. And real estate's one of them. So I'm going to jump to your student, Lori. Yes. I I think it was Lori was the one who was having a hard time writing her business plan and, you know, all of that. Correct. Anyway, she's the one who said she wanted to invest in mobile homes, right? Correct. And you said, why not mobile home parks, right? Yes. You know, how does how does a lorry, like the, the term that, it's probably not the best term, but the, the words that pop into my brain is sort of like loosen the purse strings of her brain and have, develop a millionaire mindset. Is it possible to develop it or do you have to be like born with it? Well, I think, uh, I think it is possible but it's a lot of coaching to get there. 
Right. And so with her, as she's making that leap, I think right now either she's in the thralls of it or she has already made three offers of mobile home parks to her oh, person. And took her out of that mobile home individual phase. And even there, I changed her paradigm on how to structure that differently. And she, oh, the light bulb went off, so I didn't want to think of it that way. But I think with her, the thing I seen in her was uh, this passion to learn and a passion to change her life. And I believe that she's in the middle of that, and every time she wakes up, good example. Um, I was supposed to be in Florida this week, uh, yesterday and today, and because of the deal, I've been focused on my energy and that. I don't want to be out of uh, in a plane where somebody couldn't get a hold of me. And then I had two students that needed my help, so I stayed back. And Lori, who created a presentation for mobile homes and mobile home parks, is actually in Florida presenting. Right. She's, never, she's never done this before, ever. Even getting her head around, create a PowerPoint presentation to be to be part of the program. Um, I mean, we must. I must have spent a ton of hours with her, going through it, making it better, making it more uh, specific. And just I could talk in front of people, I said, understand that, but just here you don't. You give a presentation for everybody's money. You don't give. You don't over uh, over present. Get your points, drive it home, and then you pull the audience in. So she's really taking a leap here from where I met her to where she's at. But the real key ingredient for me is she's got passion. Well, that's good. She wants to do this, and she's not afraid to spend the money, and she's not afraid to put it out there. Now, her and her partner did buy a lien, because I was selling individual liens, too. They did buy one. Oh, wow. Cool. And no questions for her, just why not? Mm-hmm. Because you make more money in that than you will doing a flip, and it takes less capital. Well, not only less capital, but, you know, less time. I mean, there's two yeah. resources, time and money, right? Absolutely. Right. You, so, save, you save on both. So what would you say? I mean, yes, it requires, you know, mentoring to help a person shift from a worker mindset to a a um, millionaire mindset, you know, that idea of using leverage and being willing to have some tolerance for risk, you know. And um, what do you think it takes for a person to at least nibble around the edges of making the shifts? Do they need to, like, do some smaller deals and build up their confidence? Or what do you think? Well, I think it's uh, probably exactly that trajectory. Is that you have to do one or two deals to understand the mechanics of it. And you got to feel, you know, some of that fruit and the labor that you put out and money that you put out to get a return on it and have that sense of accomplishment that gives you confidence in anything we do in life. I think with real estate, you the mechanics have to work. And what I try to do with the students is prepare them mentally 
that not everything always works out. I'm not negative about it, but I'm also a realist. I say, here's the things that could happen. There's the pitfalls that could take place. But I promise you, once you get one done, you can want to do another one. I says, my biggest challenge with you as a person, even if you do two, now I get I gotta get you the mindset to do three at a time. And that's a shift of paradigm. Like going from a mobile home to a mobile home park. And look at the simplicity, because the work ethic is still the same. If you buy if you go buy one, you only put fourteen grand into it, but you buy you know, a, a park of ninety homes and it costs you a hundred thousand, the work is still the same. And then you shift. And when I look at job independence, Denise is part of this path and getting a millionaire mindset. I set out a five-year path based on their, their wants and needs and what they're going to look like in five years. If they are adamant about sticking to a plan, they follow up, they do the work, and for me as their mentor to uh, make them accountable for the time they're going to do and be relentless on it. I think with that path and all that energy and uh, positioning, they can shift their, their minds and look at, at some point in time, I'm going to have ten dollars or $15,000 of passive income. They hear about it. They read it in books. They went to seminars, but nobody's ever sat down with them and said, here's a step-by-step plan, and then followed up with them to make sure they're executing the plan. So your first question was, can, that, can their minute mindset be changed? I believe it can, but it takes patience, and somebody's going to stick with you because you all need that support to make sure we're doing the right thing. What do you think it is about you that you've, I mean, you've been investing in real estate for decades. Did you ever have, like, you know, the jitters over some of your deals, or have you always been, you know, as confident as you are today? Or tell me more about you. I never, uh, I say never. Um, That's a good question. I always believe everything will work out. And I always believe that, as we talked about in one of the chapters, that there's always a solution. And if I bring the right resources, then I'll get the job done. It's just like this project here in 2500. You know, Denise, I'm not sitting on $70 million. Right. And if you get somebody to call me up two months ago and said, you, you raised $70 million to do this project, I wouldn't know where to start. I mean, I had to piece it. And then what took place was I had a couple of conversations with Mike and uh, one of his friends who raises capital for large acquisitions. He goes, he calls me up and said, this is where we're going to do this. He said, we're going to get the money. We're going to own all this. Are you ready for it? I never hesitated. I said, yes. I said, this is the things we need to do. Because in my head, I start shifting from trying to sell it and raise money for it or find buyers to actually owning it and all the mechanics you have to go through to own it. So, I mean, I just, uh, I've never, I never hesitated. I make some mistakes along the way? Absolutely. I lose some money? Yes, I did. Have I failed? Yes, I have. 
But I always believe that as a person, if you have knowledge and you have some skills, then you just get up and you do it over again. These um, HOA liens and tax, you know, tax liens, like bundled into large, um, large blocks of properties like this. Is this something new, or have you done this before? Or? Now, tax liens I have, but not not the scale that I'm getting involved in now. HOA right. lien, I just was made aware of the super lien status of these states. Uh, back in uh, October, November, and I quite I was exposed to it. I knew what a homeowner association was. I knew what a lien is, and I really had to understand what a super lien is and what that really means. So, like I've done in the past, I went online, educated myself, talked to a lot of different people, uh, lawyers around the country, that friends of mine, and I just said, "Look, I'm, I'm aware of this. What do you guys think?" You know, I ask some questions, I go back and get answers, and I still get out now the puzzles coming together. And now today it makes a lot of sense to me. What do you also know. Yeah. Um I had a question that popped in my brain and then it just popped right back out. I, I, I just think it's kinda of cool. It's like here you've been in real estate for all these years and it's like there's still new ways for you to invest in real estate. Yes. You know? And that's why I try to tell the students, Denise, I go, look, I'm going to teach you flipping because flipping was hot. Right. But it's not forever, and the income off of it is not sustainable. Flipping is kind of like a place to start, you know, like build up some capital. Yeah. Right? But it's it's not reasonable. It's not residual income, clearly, right? But it's but it's a place where, you know, you could build up, say, you know, uh do a couple flips over the course of your first year and you could build up, say, a hundred thousand in capital or a hundred and fifty yeah. or something like that. Now you got a little bit more to work with to start buying uh buy and hold properties. Yes. And okay. that's what I share with them that I said now over time, flipping will still be in. There's always a rundown house someplace that you have an opportunity to buy. I said, the more you're involved in real estate, the more people will call you because they know what you do for a living. So, so you do the flip. I said, but sustainable income and residual. Like last night, I set up a new student last night. And um, he's a consultant, software consultant. And the model I use is $100,000 year income. She was telling me, she said, I could at some point in time leave my consultancy business and have real estate. I said, you know what? I said, we just met each other. I'm not going to ask a question yet, but I will be asking it soon. I'm going to use the number of $100,000 a year you got to replace. What does that look like? So I just had another piece of paper. I hand-rolled it out. I said, it's going to take you 100 units, two bedrooms each, and $50 a bedroom net that would give you $10,000 a month in residual income. And I said, my, my advice is always, that's your first year when you get everything complete. Give it two years of producing that type of income. 
and then decide if you want to keep your job or not or keep your consultancy business. But you can get there. I'm, I'm going to suggest it take you five years. You can do it three years if you already wanted to. But you have to be aggressive. And there's the apex there that says, if I can make $120,000 a year on 100, unit, 100 units of property, then if I want to make 100 grand a year that surpasses my income, and then you build the pot from there. Now you got leverage to buy more properties. He goes, I'm in. Show me what I got cool. to do. Cool. Do you think um, any of your students have, like, you can just see, you know, that fire in their belly. You can just see that they, you know, it's like, okay, I know I don't have all the answers, but I know there are answers. Like, that, you know, that's one of the things I say to people about writing a book. It's like, yes, you may have this big gray cloud of doubt and, you know, con- you know like, is this really going to work out? You just have to know there are answers to everything. You just don't know what they are yet, you know. Do you right. see that sort of positive fire in the belly with any of your students? Or is it growing I, in any of them? Maybe they didn't have it at first. I see that in uh, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. I definitely see it in Lori. Adam, I'm not sure. He's in and out with me right now. I'm not quite sure you know, where, where his, I'm trying to get a real good feel for his head and what he wants to accomplish. He says it, but he doesn't do the work to get there. Where, so maybe he's like, still like in, in like shiny wobble syndrome. Yeah. He, he is in for the lottery ticket. I know that. I can, I can feel it. He wants to make that grand slam now. And I try to explain to him, because the reason is, he's going through a divorce. Or right now they're separated. They're not quite divorced yet. And I know he's looking for extra money. And he thinks real estate is that ticket. And, and I don't, that's, it is long-term and not short-term. Right. And I think, you know, like uh, Marlise, I remember you mentioned her name. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. She's kind of faded on me. I, it's sad when that happens, doesn't it? I mean, it breaks yeah. her heart, you know? I know that she has. I know she wants to. But she, I, I'm a very contrarian person. You know, if you're going right, I'm going to go left just because. But I, I have some method to my manage. At least I think I do. For her, she just wants to, I, I believe, she just wants to fight me all the way, all the time. I, yeah, I work with her. I'm like, yeah, I said, I agree with you, but have you tried this? Well, I, I tried that. No, I said, I understand you tried it, but have you followed through on it? So I'll be you know, trying to work with her to get her to start thinking differently. Right. So, yeah, and, you know, I met up with another person I got a meeting with uh, Friday, next Friday. And she... Um, I think she's going to be a, what they call a spitfire. She's just on running on cylinders here. I like to get inside her head. Help her out. Right. Right. Oh, boy. Okay. So, um, um, 
you know, it's it's funny how you can offer so much to people, but they have to they have to believe in themselves. They have to believe yeah. that they are worthy, right? They yeah. have to believe that there are solutions, you know. I mean, there's a there is a lot of confidence that comes into play with this, and yet, you know, you don't have to be captain of the universe either, right? But but I like that simple thing that you said. Like, I always figure things are going to work out. You know? Like, um, during this Great Recession a few years ago, you lost quite a bit, didn't you? I did. I lost everything. You know? And it's like to come back and do what you're doing now, deals with 2,500 properties you know, these HOA liens and everything. I mean, that's an amazing comeback, Ray. Um, I don't look at it that way, but because, again, I'm going to an example. My son told me, he goes, as much crap as you've been through, Dad, he goes, you still believe. Hmm. It's all going to work out. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I I would definitely say I get that about you every time we talk is that, you know, you still believe in good things and good outcomes and things are going to work out well and and everything. And I think that's one of the biggest factors of the millionaire mindset is having that belief, you know, about yourself, about the fact that there are solutions, about the fact that, you know, yes, there are charlatans out there, but there's a lot of good people too, you know. Right? Yes, there are. Yeah. A lot of yeah. people want to do good things. Right. So, but if you believe that you're looking for a lottery ticket, right, that's not a millionaire mindset. No. It's that's, short-term that's, thinking and you'll fail. Yeah, that's, that's please come save me or something like that. Yes. Right? You know? Um, I will say that there are a lot of gurus out there who kind of play into that, you know, lottery ticket mindset. I think I, I see. I think they all do, quite frankly. And uh, you know, if I, I I follow them. Follow what kind of programs they're offering. I'm following what type of what they're charging. And they come in for a weekend, make a splash, they leave. They'll send people up. There's no accountability after that. Right. Right. And I I think to it's like, you know, I work at corporate America. In corporate America, it's always you have to be accountable for your actions, accountable for your work. If you're gonna spend a company's money, you gotta account for that. And why you're spending it, the way you're spending it, and who you're spending it on. And why does that change when you become an entrepreneur? Or you sign up for a program to be educated. Now, I know colleges and universities don't follow up with you, but they prepare you as much as they can over a four-year period of time or six-year period of time to be accountable to yourself. Real estate, people don't look at it as a business. They look at it as a hobby. But they know in this country, wealth has 40% of their assets in real estate. Mm-hmm. Well, how'd they get that? They didn't get it by just doing one transaction and said, I made it. They did it by doing over and over and over again. 
Right. Well, so you're saying you've had people that have joined your program and they show up one time and take off? Yeah. You know, the, are those are the people, if you think about it, those are the ones who will ask for accountability and yet you can't hold anybody accountable if they don't want to be. No, that's right. You know, it's so funny. I had somebody send me a message on Facebook last last week. I'm so glad I found out about you. I need somebody to help me with my book. I need somebody to hold me accountable, blah, 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 right? So I said, okay, great, let's schedule an appointment. How's your calendar look, blah, blah, blah. She never gets back to me. Like, she can't even be accountable to scheduling a meeting. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. <laughs> You know, and the, the, being accountable means two things. I think as a person, I know you know this because of who you are, accountable to yourself. That's, you that's wake up the, in the morning. real accountability. Yeah. And for my accountability and making the students accountable is that if we have a meeting and I say, you know, here's where we are, here's what's got to be done, the next time we talk, First, I'm going to ask you on the agenda is, did you complete that task? If they say no, my question is why? And if they, they give me a reason, I said, now, is that an excuse or a true reason? I'll be quite frank with you, is it just being lazy? Right. Right. I think a lot of people like that, they waste a lot of emotion on fear. Yeah. You know, it's like all that energy that they're putting it into fear, if they put it into going after this or going after whatever it is they want in life, you know, they would be far better off. And then they always complain. And that, again, I'll go off the subject here from a millionaire's mindset to uh, people I come across. Um, they go into this area of complaining that they will never be successful or why is that person successful and I'm not. And the real difference is the action. Oh, totally. Totally. I have to tell you, there were more times when I was in in the Robert Allen program where people would say, I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on these programs. I should be a millionaire by now. You know? And yeah. I used to just like nod politely and smile, but I, I I actually reached a point where I say, you know, it's all about how much action you're taking on this stuff, you know. Yep. <laughs> so, but that has something to do with the millionaire mindset. I mean, you know, the the millionaire is the one who's not afraid to take action, and they take it often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's know, a good point. Yeah, they have to because they know that's the only way. Um, and, and, and real, and the, the challenge is, and the real, I think it's separation between a millionaire mindset and uh, somebody who wants to become a millionaire is the, the money isn't the chase, the process, the, ch- the, the chasing of putting it together. And the money is the byproduct of the energy and that skill and negotiation and planning and strategy to make it work. So are you saying it's kind of like the art of the deal, like Donald Trump said, one of the titles of his books? Absolutely. Yeah. 
I, I, that's for that's for my that's for my energy. That's why my adrenaline flows is getting people to say yes. Most of the times, these I'm sitting in between. I'm sitting between a buyer and a seller, and they're both talking to me differently about what their feelings are, what they're thinking, how they're thinking, and I keep it separate from the set from the standpoint. I don't tell each one of them what the other one said, but I start crafting both their thoughts into a single thought and get them online and feed back to them both what they told me unbeknownst to the other one that I'm sharing both their intimate thoughts in terms of how to put this thing together. And then they say, yes, that's what I want. The other one says, yes, that's what I want. And now we got a deal. That's the fun for me. And then I get paid for it. Right. Right. Getting paid for it is a bonus that you're doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, right? So, anyway. Okay. I think, I think uh, like most of the people I come across uh, in certain economic uh, paths, they want more, but they're not willing to give more to get more. Well, it's, it's like, all I about providing... It's all about providing value, whatever that value looks like. Yep. You know? So let's say we've got two people. You know, we've got Bill and we've got Sam. Okay? And both of them are making, I don't know, let's just say $60,000, $70,000 a year approximately. Okay? And both of them have about the same amount of money set aside, let's say fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. Okay? And one, um, both of them join your program, all right? If you were going to create a profile of one that becomes successful, let's say it's Bill, and one that's not successful, let's say it's Sam, what would be the difference between the two as far as like the profile of the person? I think the the difference would be for me, is the the passion they speak of what the future looks like. So, like the question you asked, what do you, how do you see yourself in a year from now or two years from now? And what are your goals? And how they articulate that will give me the insight that a Bill versus Sam would would be more successful and actually do the work because they can see it in their mind's eye. Versus, so Bill says, I can see this. He lays out a plan. He, he helps me see the vision with them. Sam goes, I don't really have a thought about it. So vision is what you're saying. Yes. Right. Right. And what do you think is a good idea, maybe a strategy or a technique or an exercise or something to help Sam open up to the idea of having a vision and, and like, really getting connected with that vision. I think uh, with Sam, because he's there, he wants to change. Because I think the strategy is showing that it is possible. Because he's, he knows that people are doing this, but for himself, he doesn't see himself doing it. So it's building up his confidence. 
is faith that this process will work, and seeing what somebody else has done that's realistic for him too. So even though he can't see it today, and I think it goes back to, for me, with a Sam versus a Bill, is that you start getting that foundation of the business plan. That's where you start dreaming, if he's not dreaming already. Right. So start dreaming again. Yep. Yeah. And uh, what, what does uh, Tony Montana say in uh, Scarface? The world is your oyster. <laughs> Yeah, I want you to meet my little friends. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna go that part, but you <laughs> saw a lot of things in there too. But the world is your oyster. You tell that woman. The world is your oyster. Yeah, my mom used to say that. So, anyway, good. And it's true though. What what I see. You know, with the advent of the internet and uh, some of these other tools we have out there, I see these young people with some amazing talent, and they have no fear. And then I see adults that will say, "I wish I would have done that," or "I wish I would have could have done that," and they have Regret. the opportunity. Yeah, and you know, you know, for me, I turned sixty last year. And I see friends of mine that are, I don't want to say giving up on work, but they, they're like, I just want to retire. So what are you going to do? I said, I don't know yet. I may travel, I may do this, and some are more capable than others. And then the ones that are, I suppose, are real successful, they're still working. And now it's not for the money. It's more the pleasure of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna do what I do until I keel over, and they gotta pry my keys away from the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, it's uh, as long as I can walk, talk, and drive, I'm gonna be in real estate. Right, right, right. So, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. when you when you find that thing that you really click with, and that helps you like bring out the best of yourself. You know, you might not start with it that way right at the beginning, but you right. learn that helps you bring out, like, the best of yourself. It's like, why would you quit? Why would you leave it, you know? Yeah, you wouldn't. Right. And, you know, for me, it's always been sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. I, I, love, I love business. I love the way it works. I love the mechanics of it. I love the connecting of you know, departments and just put people together. I think that's another part of the millionaire mindset is that creativity. Because I don't believe that every project they get involved in, they understand totally. But once it clicks in their head, they go, I how to do this now. Then they exhaust it until they can't do it anymore. And HOA leads is like that. It's something that's happening today. Three years, four years from now, five years from now, it won't be the thing to do. Because either one will be saturated, and two, the states will change the laws. But if you know that up front, you drive it, so you can't drive it anymore. Then you go find another vehicle out there in the real estate world that's making sense. It's always got to keep your eye open to that. And I think millionaires do that very well. It's always what's the next thing. 
Are there any real estate investing strategies that you used earlier in your career that are just like completely defunct, like like forget about it, that totally doesn't work anymore? Um, no, I think they all, I think they all work. Um, I think the one that uh, kind of took a, a hiatus was uh, condos, condo conversions. But I think they're mm-hmm. going to come back. Are you th- are you thinking like entire complexes of condos? Yes. Oh, you or or are you talking about like converting from apartment to condo? Apartment to condo. Okay. Okay. Because uh, you can yeah. buy you know if you can buy something for sixty seventy thousand dollars a unit, and you put twenty five grand into it. You can sell for one thirty five, one forty. Right. If you're in a six unit building, you know, and if you're making uh two hundred forty thousand dollars, that kind of investment is not bad return of your money. Right. Right. So I think that's yeah, we have we have ones not far from where we live and before the recession they were converted from apartments into condos and you know, you could see they had put like, you know, granite countertops and you know, better cupboards and finishes and things like that in them. And then when everything tanked, they turned back into apartments. Yeah. So I think it's going to come back. But I think all the strategies work. It's more of what's the market, what's the demand of the market. So flipping the last couple of years, everybody was doing it. People were starting jumping in again and just kept on cranking them out. I think the other side of real estate, too, is the maturity level you reach where the effort that goes into flipping, I'll take that same energy and put it to a multi-unit or uh, some other type of partnership where I can leverage more dollars and have a higher return. Right. A good example, I have an apartment building down in Atlanta. It's a 40-unit building. You can pick it up for about 190 and needs about 25000 to $30,000 per unit to clean up. That there's nice buy and hold. So if we pick it up for a couple hundred thousand, I'll leverage the money to get a rehab. Then exit them out in you know, 16 months to you know, 24 months. But that's where you mature into that. You don't start with that, especially if you have another job. Too much uh, hand-holding, oversight, control, making sure things get done, get tenants, oversee the property management team, and make sure we're doing the right things to get that up and running. And when you first start out in real estate, there's no way you're ready for that. So we talked in a previous chapter about sort of that access point, that formula, when you know like, okay, I can leave my job and now do real estate all the time in terms of, you know, you've built up some capital with some flips and now you've built up some residual income with rentals and all of that. What do you think is the mental shift people need to make to um, be in a place where they're going, okay, now I can leave? You know, like, because the numbers might say yes before their mind and their heart says yes. Well, when they're tethered to a paycheck, that's the, that's the tough part. Because that's a known entity. Um, even though you're making residual income that surpasses what your 
salary or your paycheck is, it's that fear of what if it, what if the market tanks, or what if uh, I lose the building, or what if I can't make the payment, or what if half my tenants leave. They'll start having that self doubt, and and that's why I'm you know it's a five year path. You start in year two to start acquiring multi units. So by the time you get to year five, and actually year ten, depending on your age where you have the confidence that you can walk away from that job and never look back. I believe it's about two or three years into a program, which is your strategy. Right. right. Robert Allen used to say, there's a door called freedom and a door called security. But if you choose the door called security, you lose them both. Yes. Right? Yes. Well, it's like um, uh, the person last night, his name is Sharish, S-U-R-E-S-H. And, um, Indian? Said, you, yes. Yeah. I said, how, how do you see yourself? He says, I have a newborn baby. She's about six months old right now. He goes, I'm not afraid to work. I work 10 or 12 hours a day right now. But he said, I know in five years, I don't want to be working this way. I want to be able to spend more time with her. And hopefully, if I want another child, I spend time with my kids. He said, I think real estate will give me that freedom to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I said, you're right, again. If you do he that. sounds like an action-oriented guy. Yeah. Now, is he, your, is he your newest student? Yeah, he used to sign up last night. Okay, cool. Cool beans. So I'm going to be with him Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock to start laying out the process and the steps we're going to take to get to where he wants to go. Millionaire mindset. Millionaire mindset. So it's about action, right? It's about having a tolerance for some risks. Not being dopey, but having a tolerance for some risk. Okay. Um, it's about confidence, right? It's about seeing there's always a solution. Things will work out. Yes. Right? And I guess it helps if they're doing their deal and they're not, like, signing over the entire contents of their portfolio on one deal. Correct. You know, because you said if all they have is fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000, which is to be appreciated... But if it took them a long time to save that and everything, they might be really kind of gun-shy about handing that over for one deal. Oh, real good example. Um, self-directing retirement accounts are a good vehicle to buy one or two of uh, these HOA liens. So if you buy real estate, save because you return your money. You don't have to sell it right away because it's a retirement account. Well, the challenge there is, let's take like Bonnie. Bonnie has $150,000 in her retirement account. She's going to roll it over into self-directing. So a week ago Sunday, we met. I gave her the steps, gave her the contacts, and this is what you got to do. I talked to her when she told me about these two offers that were accepted. I said, and when she changed subject, I said, have you rolled over your account yet? Well, you know, she sent me the information. I haven't done it yet. I go, what are you waiting for? Pull the trigger. Oh, I gotta, yeah. I've got to get more information. I go, how much more information do you need? 
is why I need to sit down with you. So my point is, is that that conviction that she needs, she hasn't made that leap yet. Even though she trusts this piece over here, this this money over here, I told her, I said, just take half of it. Take 75, buy three of them. Keep the rest in your account. And have faith that this model works. I said, we're, we're going to be doing this ourselves. So I'm not asking you to do something I will not do. And I think that's the, the other key to this. So when you have that million mice of all the attributes you put there, I think vision, passion, and trust. Right. Right. So those are those are sort of like the facets of yes. a millionaire mindset. And with that, we have a chapter. <laughs> when did <laughs> When did you know, or at least I do in my mind, when did you know that this is it for me? Um, I can hand, I can do this. I'm not, you know, when did you know that you just kind of had it? Like, was there ever a moment where you where it just kind of hit you? I think when people started paying me back in 07, that I had it. That I felt good about what I was doing. And when people start handing over their properties, when people start trusting and providing funds that I raised, that I knew what I was at, what I was doing. It's just that trust. Right. Right. Well, that's cool. And today, it's the same thing. I mean, I think the H, I keep on saying these HOA aliens, but I, this is, Denise, this will be life changing. Yeah, this is a big deal. It is. Yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, I believe everybody has that once in a lifetime opportunity. This is, if this all works out the way I think it's going to, because I have a check in my hand yet. But if that's the case, then this is my once in a lifetime opportunity. And the real determining factor of higher successful at it is what you do with the proceeds to do good for other people. Right. Right. Well, I'm, supposed to do. I'm excited. It looks like it's going through for you. Hopefully by next Friday. I guess I'll be in Austin, Texas uh, next Friday. I'm doing a seminar with uh, Quest Celtic IRA. They're out of of, uh, Dallas. Mm -hmm. And they have 30,000 members or clients in the Texas area. Hopefully when we talk next Friday, I can say it's done. I'm actually closed. I'm supposed to close on Wednesday. Wow. So you have a speaking thing next Friday in, in Texas with these people? Yeah. It was yeah. Uh, with Mike Poggi out of uh, Florida, myself. And uh, I think Lori's going to present there at the Mobile Homes. So we're going to do a mastery seminar. That's what we're calling it. And we're going to talk about education. We're going to talk about investments, structures, software IRAs, how they work, what the benefits are. 
and um, they get all that put together. Cool. Cool beans. So we're meeting as usual. That's okay. It's the same time zone as Chicago, Dallas is, right? Yes. Yeah, the um, the show is on Saturday. The presentation is on Saturday. So I'm going to get there probably in the afternoon. So I'll probably leave you and I will talk before I leave. Do you need to, um, next Friday, I could make our meeting a little bit earlier if that makes it better for you. No, we should be good. I'll just take a light flight out. And I'll get in that okay. night and uh, have all day Saturday. To, I'll probably just stay until Sunday morning, take off early Sunday morning. Okay. All right. All right. Well, if you need to make it a little bit earlier, just let me know, okay? I will. I'll know, I'll know in the next few days here. Okay. So any closing thoughts on the millionaire mindset before we wrap up today? I think you have to be more open-minded as a person be flexible, and be decisive. There you go. That's good. Good stuff. All right. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. When I said, how are you doing today? And you said, I'm great. I mean, I swear you sounded like a kid to candy shop. I was like, <laughs> I feel something that way. good happened for Ray. That's good, you know. <laughs> I feel that way. It's uh, It's very... I've been doing this for a long time in terms of real estate or business and sales, and it still excites me to no end. I can tell. I can tell. So good, good, good. All right. Well, I will talk to you in a week. Again, let me know if you need to move the meeting up a little bit so it doesn't jam things with your flight to Dallas. And uh, I'll talk to you in a week. Thank you, Denise. Have a great weekend. You're welcome, Ray. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.